0: Apparently, it's okay for the federal government to break the law and conduct fraudulent activities, at least in my view, as long as they hide the documents that show it for 45- 45... If, if, if somebody tries to catch them on, on breaking the rules... On behaving fraudulently, and they don't do it quickly enough, then it's okay. Apparently, as the conclusion that uh, at least I draw from a decision from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and how many times haven't we heard about that? Of course, that's our uh, district here in the Western U.S. Still in Honkoop here on the Farming Show on KGMI. What the heck am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the EPA. I'm talking about farmers, and I'm talking about the EPA's effort to go after the farmers on, well, I don't think there's another way to characterize it other than uh, fraudulent claims and, and and grounds. Joining me right now is Safe Family Farming Executive Director Gerald Barron. Welcome to the program this morning. Uh, there was a case in court, and we've talked over the years, we've talked numerous times about this situation where EPA essentially cooked the books, uh, decided it wanted to go after farmers, essentially frame them for polluting groundwater in the Yakima Valley. And, and this ended up having impacts far, far beyond just the Yakima Valley. Uh, but we showed how the science was flawed. We showed how they covered up the fact that they knew the science was flawed, how they mischaracterized and mislabeled the document and broke a ton of rules and then lied about uh, breaking the rules. So many things. And now this goes to court and the court says, "Well, you didn't. Uh, you didn't bring this up quickly enough. Explain what happened."
1: Well, you pretty well captured it there, Dylan. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a long, sad story, and this may very well be the, uh, the final chapter, at least, of our involvement in this long, sad story that really goes back to 2010. That's over 11 years ago when EPA started this nitrate study in Yakima, and they set out to prove that dairy farms were responsible for nitrate contamination in groundwater. They did not prove that at all from their science, uh, but they said they did. Uh, and they used it to coerce four dairy farms nearly out of business, and it cost them millions of dollars in unnecessary uh, enforcement action by the EPA. But um, after we, well, you know, Safe Family Farming, got involved in it in late 2018, um, because with the, it was hopeless to try to appeal to the EPA leadership in Region 10, which is headquartered in Seattle, when the Obama appointee was in office because he was responsible for conducting the study and his behavior in dealing with the farms was absolutely abominable. So, Why would a bureaucrat
0: uh, ever admit that he screwed up? Somebody in that kind of a position with that level of power is never going to admit that.
1: Right, we we knew there was no hope in challenging um, the, the you know the validity of the study. We knew the study was bad, not because we said it was, but because about 15 science experts from government, from other government agencies like the U.S. Department of Agriculture, from major universities like Texas A&M, uh, Washington State University, all looked at it and said, this study is bogus, and some of them said it was fraudulent. So the study was bad, um, but uh, we didn't know until we talked to then the uh, Trump appointee of the Region 10, uh, Christopher Laddick, that um, his staff was claiming that that it was fully peer reviewed. We knew it was not adequately peer reviewed. And then we discovered that they changed the category of peer review to a lower level so that they could justify not um, doing the peer review that was needed in order to use the study for the purposes which they that they were using for. That sounds all complicated. But the, uh, the point is they didn't do the peer review right. They did the science wrong. Then they tried to cover it up. They lied about it. And we were able to prove all of that. Um, in 2019, by requesting documents, well, they took 18 months to provide the documents that they're obligated by law to provide us. So
0: drag they their feet, decided up. to slow roll it, and right. it turns and, out there was a reason.
1: And no, yeah, and we had all the proof that what they did was wrong, and really wrong enough to send some of them to jail. Um, so um, that we could not get them to take the right action on it. So um, the Washington State Dairy Federation filed a lawsuit along with um, Adam Dolson of one of the farms in eastern Washington that uh, was tortured by the EPA with this report, uh, and took it to the nice uh, circuit court because the EPA clearly violated federal federal rules called the Administration Administrative Procedures Act. Well, um, the EPA's response to it was, oh, you only had 45 days after uh, the report was issued to file your complaint. And since it's years later, you do um, it doesn't count. Well, what the and, the, and this is uh, their, their first effort to get it rejected by the Ninth circuit court failed. The court said, no, uh, we're not buying that argument. But then um, what they um, in the actual hearing, which, which was just uh, resolved a couple days ago, um, they said, well, February 19 is when um, the, you know the complaint really started. So the, we, the farmers had 45 days after February 2019, and we didn't bring the, the petition until into 2020. Mm. But in that meantime, they were withholding all the documents. Mm. So it doesn't matter to the court. The uh, federal federal officials can do illegal things. They can lie, they can distort, they can change federal records, all against federal law. But if they um, delay in getting you the documents to prove it, they can get by scot-free, and, and that's just that is just beyond belief that that can happen in this country. As as Adam Dolson said, you know, in response to this, he said, "How can you trust <laughs> that we live in a nation of mm. laws?" when you have federal officials able to, you know, get by with this kind of behavior.
0: It is absolutely beyond the pale. It's hard to believe. And I know when I've talked with people about it, not only is it a complicated story uh, to explain to people for for anybody to wrap their head around it, but... When I tell people about it, they say, no, like, is it really that bad? Yes. And in fact, it's even worse. Uh, and, And as you've outlined here, the layers of, I don't know what else to call it, malfeasance go deep. I mean, this is, I'm, I've even lost count of how many layers of falsifying, of then covering up and covering up the cover up and now, you know, twisting the rules or pushing uh, the envelope on things, basically playing by their own rules or, or ignoring rules when it's convenient. This is the deep state. Not only doing awful things, but then protecting itself and never having to pay the price for it. Uh, Gerald Barron, Executive Director of Safe Family Farming, is on the program with us this morning. Gerald, you're saying this is kind of the end of this now? There's no other recourse, even though this is such a glaring, um, you know, such a glaring awful example of, of government action?
1: Well, the only recourse in court, of course, is the U.S. Supreme Court because the Ninth Circuit is the final step before the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, you know, and that costs an awful lot of money. So, it's you know, it's uh, the federal government has unlimited money. I'm not sure where they get that money, but they have mm. an unlimited amount of money and they spend it to defend their uh, indefensible actions. So that's, I think most people hard.
0: I think most people know on April 15th every year where they get it. I, I don't know. That's just my take on it. <laughs> I, I think you're.
1: I think you're probably right, Dylan. But you know, it. Well, I'm not saying that there isn't. Um, you know, uh, an interest or willingness to take that forward. But I think that one of the things that's important is, you know, this issue involves dairy farmers, particularly in eastern Washington and the Yakima area. But the issue goes far, far beyond that, because the attorney who's been using this study to file a number of lawsuits against dairy farms, he had threatened a number of dairy farms in uh, in the Linden area as well. Um, He has made it clear that he intends to use this bogus study to impose rules, not just on dairy farmers, but on all farmers, and so, you know, and he certainly has proven already that he can get judges to buy off on it. One, The, the judge that ruled against the farms in eastern Washington based upon that said, well, I need to give deference to the EPA. Well, he's giving deference to an agency that is proven to be entirely dishonest, willing to falsify. A science to and and then to lie and change public records in order to defend themselves and but our but our courts you know judges say oh that's the EPA we got to go along with them so um, yeah I think if there's enough people who are interested enough other you know farm groups and so that are interested I think it would be possible to take this forward but uh, it certainly makes it very discouraging to see how hard it is to fight the bureaucracy that exists
0: it is and it's as you mentioned already it's disheartening disenchanting it it leaves you just really really jaded on where our system has come i mean even just in that that tidbit that you mentioned a moment ago if a judge is just going to give deference to a party in a suit because that party is a government agency then good luck that gives that gives government agencies virtually carte blanche uh if if a judge that's what our justice system is supposed to be there for to interpret the law and make judgments based on whether that law has been followed or not but apparently it doesn't matter if if, uh, a government agency is just gonna be uh deemed innocent i guess if because they're a government agency (laughs) <laughs> it's but there, it's there, Twilight there, there Zone is a, stuff
1: There is a bright spot to, uh, to point out here, Dylan <laughs> um, And that is, you know, Safe Family Farming Working closely with Washington State Dairy Federation um, Have, you know, we fought this You know, we didn't win Ultimately, we didn't win this battle But we fought it um, people around the nation, the entire dairy community across the nation got involved in, and, uh, and, and supported what we were doing. We had articles published in major national news media that are that were exposing what EPA has done. We had conversations with the assistant to the um, uh, the lead administrator in Washington, DC. There are people throughout the EPA who know very well who say family farming is who Washington State Dairy Federation is, and they know we will not simply roll over and let this sort of behavior go by without drawing as much attention to it as we can. And there's a bright spot in that. And I think it's a lesson for all the farmers and the farm supporters is that if we're not able and willing to do that sort of thing, we're going to get steamrolled every time. And so standing up and defending our interests and calling a spade a spade is absolutely essential to do.
0: Couldn't have said it better. That's exactly right. Gerald Barron with us uh, on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Uh, we're both with Save Family Farming and talking about uh, advocacy for the future of farming here in Washington State. And, and certainly this one has this issue has implications far beyond Washington State. Um, real quick before we let you go, Gerald, uh, another issue just to uh, shift gears a little bit. With, uh, we've talked about a lot about in the last few months is this issue of labor and overtime, and uh, some of the false things that uh, labor activists continue to say. Um, I, I think we've been documenting that for years as well. But particular, uh, you know, pertinent to this issue, um, they've told another lie, essentially trying to claim victory on this issue of uh, of uh, overtime in farming. Explain what's going on there.
1: Well, actually, uh, Dylan, I find it a little bit humorous because it seems to be a pattern established when labor leaders such as United Farm Workers or Rosalinda Guillen of Community Community and her union, FUJ, uh, when they lose a big political battle such as they did on 5172, the, the uh, bill that just passed, um, they have a habit of, of attempting to turn that into a great victory. It's actually pretty humorous. That's what UFW did uh, when they finally walked away without any gaining anything from a 10-year lawsuit against the dairy farm in eastern Washington called Ruby Ridge. They walked away from it. They got absolutely nothing, and then they declared victory. And um, the labor groups, including Community to Community, have done the same thing on 5172. The primary battle on that bill, which was introduced by by Senator King, a, uh, a, a you know, supporter of farmers from eastern Washington, was to prevent these um, class action lawsuits and the demands for three years retroactive back pay for overtime. That was the intent of that bill. And the labor activists fought hard. If you have, if anyone has any doubts about it, uh, go to the video, which is available on our website, uh, protectfarmworkersnow.org, and it shows how hard the labor activists were fighting to get to demand that three-year retroactive pay. Well, they lost that overwhelmingly. And so what they did is they claimed victory around um, requiring a multi-year phase-in of overtime for farm workers. And I will just say on, this, on that point, point. Yes, that was included in 5172. And yes, farm workers are very, very concerned about it because it's going to harm them greatly. That issue is far from dead. Uh, Once we, in this case of 5172 and protecting farmers and farm workers against these ridiculous demands of the labor leaders for three years retroactive pay, um, the lawmakers and our administration showed has some ability to listen to real farm workers, not the farm worker activists who are, say they are speaking on behalf of farm workers, because we now see that they are working against the interests of farm workers. So we're confident that once farm workers really speak up on the issue of overtime, that issue is far from dead. So claim victory all you want, <laughs> <laughs> labor activists. Yeah. Um, with what? What? Uh, you you lost a big one. In that bill that Governor Ansley just signed, uh, and the rest of the issue is far from over.
0: Well, and that has a financial impact for those folks as well, because a lot of their their game, and really, it's a political and legal game that they're playing, is to profit from that whole litigation industry surrounding that. The lawyers involved with that and filing those those lawsuits, um, they saw big big dollar signs, and now. They have to be pretty bummed out because I know they sunk quite a bit of time in trying, you know, filing cases, pursuing a lot of these things that aren't going illegitimate claims that, that aren't going to be able to go forward now. Um, that, that's going to be an well, ouch for their bottom line, uh, of, at least what they expected as far as a big payday on this issue.
1: Well, it's, and it, it goes deeper than that because this, these actions of these labor leaders are hurting farm workers so bad. They are taking away their jobs. I just saw that the Linden Tribune had a story about another dairy in Whatcom County that is installing ro- robotic milkers and suggesting that another large dairy in the local community is going to be putting it. Mm-hmm. Robotic milkers are one example. We've got robotic apple pickers now. Um, And these machines are expensive, there's no question, which means that the smaller farmers are, you know, maybe forced out of, uh, you know, being able to Mm. do that. But they're replacing these workers. So the very effort of these labor activists to impose all of these massive new costs onto farmers who hire farm workers Are uh, The only thing that they're doing is um, causing the farm worker jobs to go away. And if that's what they want to have them, you know, like the guest workers, we have 20,000 some guest workers who come into Washington state every summer. Uh, Apparently, these labor leaders want them to stay and work in Mexico. Where they get 79 cents an hour, mm-hmm. 79 cents an hour minimum wage versus the 16 plus dollars minimum wage, but most of them earn 20 to 25 dollars an hour in, in our Washington fields. So that's what labor leaders are doing for farm workers. They, they say they're helping them. Everything that they're doing is hurting them. And then, as we just talked about, when they lose a big political battle, as they did on uh, the overtime retroactive pay, they claim victory. It's pretty
0: funny. It is. It is fascinating when you step back and look at the the. Level of deception that some people are engaged in when you really pull back the curtain and see what's going on. Gerald Barron, executive director of Save Family Farming, with me. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Gerald, thanks for your time this morning and and uh, keeping us up to speed on this issue and and keeping us moving forward as well. Uh, as far as your your guidance, uh, exposing these things and and uh, sharing what's really going on has been invaluable to the farming community.
1: Thanks so much. Dylan, appreciate it.